You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. So it's the night that Jesus is going to be arrested. And the Jewish officials show up with their mob, with their posse, and Jesus has no desire to put up a fight because he knows that this has to transpire, this has to go down. But Peter, in typical Peter fashion, decides that he's not going to go down without a fight. And so he pulls out his sword and he starts swinging. And at some point in the midst of his tirade, his sword connects, connects with another man's ear. It happens to be the high priest's servant. His name was Malchus. Now in the midst of all of this chaos, Jesus actually leans down, picks up this man's ear, and puts it back on the side of his head. And you know the rest of the story, right? Jesus was taken away. He was crucified. He was buried. And three days later, he was resurrected. But what about, what about Malchus? Because you better believe that his story continued. And he just had a moment, like he just lived out a moment in time that my guess is he pointed back to as often as possible. Like he probably had this story ready to tell at any moment in time. Somebody could have been talking about, hey, you know what? I went fishing today. And he goes, you know what? That reminds me of the time that Jesus put my ear back on my head. I mean, this was a story that he wanted to tell. And he thought it was a story worth telling. Do you know that Right now, you probably haven't thought of it this way, but we are living in our own moment. We are living at a moment in time that will be pointed back to for decades, if not centuries to come, the COVID crisis. We find ourselves in the midst of this crisis, this moment that will be pointed back to. And in the future, in the years to come, there are going to be conversations that we all have. And the question is going to be posed. The question is going to be asked, hey, how did you handle the COVID crisis. And so there's a question that I'd like for us to wrestle with this morning. It's a question that I want you to wrestle with for the days and the weeks to come. It's a question that I think you should talk about with your small group. It's a question I think you should have with a good friend. It's a question that I think maybe you should huddle up your family together this week and have this question and say, ask this question right here. What story, what story do you want to tell? Like when all of this is behind us, like when we're on the other side of COVID, all of us are going to have a story to tell. As an individual, as a family, as a church, like we're all going to have a story to tell. And so I think it would be wise for us to ask this question now instead of later, what story do you want to tell? Because on the other side of this, all of us are going to have a story that we tell. And it would be wise for us to ask this now, because listen to me, what we do now what we do now will determine the story that we get to tell. Now, I think we understand this, that all of us know that there are stories that we don't want to tell, that there are stories that we probably want to avoid telling, even though they may be true about our life, specifically in this season. I mean, none of us want to tell the story where we were so stressed out during the season that we just ate a bag of Doritos every day for a couple of months and we truly like, gained the COVID-19. None of us want to tell that story. None of us want to tell the story of how we isolated during the season and we cut off all, all human connection. And maybe we doubled our, <laughs> our intake of alcohol or maybe we found something else to escape to just to try to alleviate the pain. None of us want to tell that story. 
Some of us could be writing that story right now, but none of us want to tell that story. None of us want to tell the story of how we finally accepted that invitation at the end of our Amazon purchase. It says, hey, if you purchase this credit card, you're going to save some cash today. I mean, you know you've been enticed by it. You know you've been tempted by it. And maybe you finally pull the trigger and you're like, you know what? I'm going to get the credit card. I'm going to save some cash today. But in the process, over the coming months, you developed about $10,000 of debt. Nobody wants to tell that story. But let's be honest this morning. Because right now, some of us, some of us are writing a story that we don't want to tell. Some of us are writing a story with how we're living that's not worth telling. And if that happens to be you today, the first thing that I would say is, I've been there. If you go back into my rearview mirror and go back into my past, there are parts of my story that I don't like telling. Heck, even if you were to look at this season, this COVID crisis, this moment that we find ourselves in, there are aspects of my story that I don't want to tell. And so if that happens to be you today, I want to remind you that your story is not over, that God can still take your story from this moment moving forward, and he can write something completely new. And I want to encourage you with a passage of scripture that God has used over and over to encourage me. It's a passage of scripture I've shared several times over the last few weeks, and it's from Hebrews when the author says this. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Can we just stop there for a second? Because maybe the first thing that you need to do to write a different story is to write down all the things in your life that have been tripping you up that have been slowing you down, that have been keeping you from fulfilling the purpose that God has for you. So let's strip off all of this that holds us down, every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance, the race that God has set before us. In other words, God has a purpose for you in this season, in this moment, and he wants you to seize this moment. It's not when this is all over and it's all behind us. No, now God has something for you. He has a purpose for you. There are people that you can connect with. There are people that you can love. There are people that you can extend hope to when life hurts. And it will make all the difference in their life. And sometimes people look at me and it's like, Aaron, isn't that your job? I mean, you're the pastor. Listen, there are people that you, can, you have influence over, people that you can make an impact in their life that I will never get to meet. God has a purpose for you in this moment. But if you're not careful, you will miss it. Keeping our eyes. How do we do this? We keep our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Guys, what we do now, what we do now will determine the story that we get to tell. And some of you may be hearing this. I'm going to do my best to try to identify with where I think a lot of people are at today. Some of you may be hearing this and you may be thinking to yourself, Aaron, that sounds great. Like everything in me wants that. I want to write a story that's worth telling on the other side of this. I want to live in such a way that I'm not just focusing on myself, that I'm looking and, and asking on how I can make an impact in others' lives. Like, all of that sounds really good, but if I, if I can be really honest, things just seem so fuzzy right now. Things feel so uncertain, and I've got so many things that are just kind of collapsing in my life, and what am I going to do with my kids because they're not in school anymore, and what are we going to do about my job that I just lost, and I get it. There's so many things in front of us right now that it's kind of hard to capture this moment, to seize this moment. And if that's you, 
I get it. And I know this has not been an easy season. And I feel like maybe one of the biggest discouragements, one of the biggest obstacles in front of us is that we haven't been able to see an end to all of this. Many of us are experiencing right now what I'm calling COVID fatigue, right? Sometimes I've explained it this way, that there's something in the climbing world when guys are climbing mountains called a false summit. And what happens is they climb up a new mountain, a mountain they've never climbed up before, and they get up to the top of the mountain only to realize that that's not the top of the mountain, that there's another peak that they couldn't see. And in that moment, they feel incredibly discouraged because they thought they were there, but they're not there. I think that's what many of us have been experiencing. We thought we were going to be through this by now. We thought we were going to be on the other side of this by now, only to realize that I think we're heading into the worst of it. And so discouragement, (laughs) it's become a good friend, hasn't it? And I get it. And I've been there, and I can't tell you how many times over the last several months that I have been incredibly discouraged and even depressed. But I've been asking many of you to pray for me. I've been asking my family to pray for me. I've been asking my team to pray for me, and I've been praying, and I've been doing exactly what James says in his book, where he says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. And over and over, I've come to my heavenly Father, God, would you give me some wisdom? Would you give me some clarity? Because I'm not really sure what to do right now. And I feel like because of those prayers that God has truly given me that wisdom, he's given me some clarity on how I think that I should move forward, how I think my family should move forward, and how I think we can move forward together. And one of the things that was clear for me, and I'll kind of share with you some things I've been sharing with our team over the last few weeks, is by putting a dot on the map that we can all look to together, a reference point, right? Because when we can't see the end in sight, sometimes that's what feels the most discouraging. When we can't see the dot on the map that we're all kind of pushing towards, that we're kind of persevering towards, that we're prioritizing, that we're planning towards. When we can't see it, I think the discouragement just goes deeper. And so I've been doing my work, my homework, and I've been looking at all the facts that have been put out there. And I feel like I can give us a decent dot on the map. Now, let me say this. I'm no prophet, And I don't want to act like this is some kind of prophetic prediction, but I've been doing my homework and I've been looking at a lot of the facts and I believe that we could potentially be on the other side of this by as early as March. And you may think, well, what does this have to do with anything? I think it's because we can look at a dot on the map and we can move towards that together. And what I've been calling this is the COVID tipping point. And the COVID tipping point is when we finally get to a place after the vaccines have been implemented, after the new modern medicines and the new therapies that they're already producing are in mass production, we're going to get to a point to where this is behind us, where the death rate is almost zero. Hospitals are empty. Our kids are back in school and we can finally have this behind us. And so I believe this could happen as early as March. And they're talking about where we may even be experiencing herd immunity by as early as May without the vaccines. And by the way, if you haven't been staying up on this, there are two vaccines right now that are 95% effective. And there's one vaccine that's 70% effective. And the modern medicines and therapies that they're now putting into circulation are supposed to decrease the symptoms of COVID by 70%. And you may be thinking, well, Aaron, what's up? Like, why do we need to go over all of this? Like, what's up with the health lesson? I believe because if we have something that we can look to together, It will actually give us some hope. Now, if you partner with that, some vision of what we can do between now and then, because listen to me, I've talked to some church leaders that have said, yeah, we know that tipping point is coming. We know that there's going to be a time in a place where all of this is going to be behind us. And we just kind of decided to ride out the storm. 
Like, let's just sit idle and let's just kind of wait until all of this is behind us. And I need to let you know that as a leader, as a pastor, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with just sitting idle. I'm not okay with just sitting on the sidelines and thinking, you know, hey, let's just kind of wait until this is over and then we can move forward. Because between now and then, people are hurting. People are struggling, listen to me, deeply with anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and despair, among other things that are at an all-time high. And I'm not okay with that. I think that we have an opportunity between now and then to do some incredible things, that we can extend hope when life hurts, that we can leave traces of God's love with people, showing them and reminding them that someone thought of you. I'm going to talk more about that here in a moment. I want to leave traces of God's love all over this city, all around our neighborhoods. But that'll never happen. Listen to me, it'll never happen if we just sit idle. It'll never happen if we just focus on how much our current circumstances suck. And let me be clear. I want to be clear about this. It does suck. There's a big part of this that just sucks. I'm going to make a t-shirt that says embrace the suck because some of this is just going to suck and there's nothing else that we can say any differently than that. It doesn't matter what we do to write a cool story. All of us are just going to have to understand this is not going to be an ideal time. But listen to me, it's incredibly important. This season, this idea that we could seize this moment in time all for the glory of God, that we won't allow this moment to miss us, to pass us up, that we would take advantage of the opportunity in front of us, in front of us as the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, make, make the most of every opportunity. Guys, not only do we have the opportunity to write our own story, but our willingness to not sit idle and our willingness to serve and love others can make the story that they get to tell better. Can I say it again? How we love others through this season, how we make ourselves available, how we make ourselves interruptible, living an interruptible life. We talk about this all the time, that we allow ourselves to be interrupted by the Holy Spirit so that when he says, you can do something about that, you can pick up a quarantine or care kit and you can drop it off. You can make that person's story better. We, all of us, listen to me, all of us have it within us to make the story that someone else gets to tell better, but only if we don't allow this moment to pass us by, only if we seize this moment in time for the glory of the gospel. So let me do this. Uh, let me get really practical and tell you some things that I think uh, that we would like to do. I want to give you some things that we would like to do as a church leadership for you during this time, because we know this time for some of you has been incredibly difficult. And listen to me, your family, and we take care of our family. And so one of the first things that we want to do is that we want to pay for a visit with Dr. Trent. Now, if you don't know who Dr. Trent is, a couple weeks ago, I interviewed him up here on stage on the subject of mental illness. He has a PhD in marriage and family therapy. He's an incredible guy. He's become a good friend, and he's a part of Trace. And I talked with him, and I said, hey, man, what would it look like if we could make this happen? And so we talked through it, and this is something that we want to do. And so as a church, I want you to know that we are willing to pay for you to have a visit, your family, your, mar your you know, as a married couple, whatever that looks like, as an entire family if you need it to be, or 
Maybe you're single and you've got a different type of struggle going on. We want to be able to pay for you to have a visit with Dr. Trent. Listen to me, your family. We take care of our family. The next thing that we would like to do and what we're going to do and what we've been doing is we're building new ministries here at Trace. During this time of kind of the shutdown season, uh, we're building new ministries so that when we're on the other side of COVID, we're going to implement them. Go ahead and jump back to that graphic really quick, and I'll explain this with more detail. During this time, as we're getting closer to that COVID tipping point, we've determined as a staff that we want to develop new ministries that are going to help people get more connected on the other side of this. Because I think you know this, but let me explain it. During this time, people are feeling incredibly disconnected. During this time, people are feeling a lack of purpose. During this time, people are finally realizing maybe their eyes are opening for the first time. There must be more to this life than me. There's got to be more than what I'm experiencing. And so there's going to be a season of time where there's going to be felt emotions that a lot of people are feeling. And there will be a moment in the future. I don't want to get into too much on the weeds of this right now, but there will be a moment in the future where I'm going to look at you and say, if there's ever been a time to be aggressive with evangelism, now's the time to leverage your influence and to leverage that invitation. Because right now people have just experienced a lot of pain. And we feel like what we're preparing as a church will be able to help them get connected more quickly, help them to feel a deeper sense of purpose in their life and more than anything to remove obstacles to get them to Jesus. And so on the other side of this, we're starting a new men's ministry where there's going to be consistent opportunities for you guys out there that are watching for you to get connected and connect with other guys and have conversations that only other guys can have. And we're starting a new women's ministry. We've already got the leaders for these. We're starting a new women's ministry with several events that will be happening throughout the year where you ladies can get connected and have conversations that you ladies need to specifically have. And for what it's worth, we're also starting a new stewardship ministry to be able to talk about how we can manage our resources in a kingdom way, uh, maybe more than we have been doing, even teaching you how to uh, teach your kids about finances at an early age. And so we're working really hard on all of these things right now so that when we get on the other side of this tipping point, there's an opportunity, there's more opportunities for people to get connected. And then the last thing, and you've been hearing us talk a lot about this here recently, is quarantine and care kits. I got to be honest with you. Uh, we've been underwhelmed by the response that we've gotten on these, by the amount of supplies that we haven't gotten in. And guys, listen, I get it. I'm not here to put a guilt trip on you. I know there's been a lot of things in front of us that we're trying to figure out and navigate. I get it. I really do. But guys, I need you to step up here. And I need you to bring in supplies because I think these are a lot more important than you think they are. These have the opportunity. Listen, these have the opportunity to make the story that someone else gets to tell better. Let me share a story with you really quick. The day after Thanksgiving... I went to Home Depot and I'm going through the line and I get to the register and I'm checking out. And the young lady that's checking me out, she wasn't checking me out, but check, you get what I'm saying. Um, she, you know, we're making small talk and I look at her and say, hey, how, how was your Thanksgiving? And she got this look of despair. She's probably in her early 20s. She got this look of despair on her face. And she said, well, I spent it at home alone and I ate a ham sandwich. I'm not okay with that. I don't want you to be okay with that. And so there was something in me where I almost wanted to ask for her address right there, but I didn't want a restraining order that day, so I thought maybe this is not the right setting to do that. 
Because I think when we find people that are in that kind of situation, and I bet you know somebody right now. I bet you know somebody that's experiencing great amount of loneliness and isolation. And we simply bring them a kit that says, I thought of you. We thought of you. You're not alone. Here's some things, and my hope is that if you come and pick up one of these kits after you bring a bunch of supplies so that we can make dozens more of these kits, that you'll come pick up one of them. You'll write a personal note. And even if you can't go inside somebody's house, you knock on the door, ring the doorbell, you drop the kit off on their doorstep. And when, <clears throat> when they pick it up, <laughs> they know somebody thought of them. And it makes the story that they get to tell on the other side of this better. Let me move to what I'm asking of you. So those are the three things that we want to do. But here's what I'm asking of you. During this season, I want you to serve. And we know that there's going to be limited amount of projects that we can do because we really can't go inside anywhere. And so we're choosing projects where we can actually serve outside. And guys, these make a huge difference. We did one of these a couple weeks ago, and we served a man uh, by the name of Mr. Glenn. Really sweet old man, but he was disabled. He wasn't able to do much work, and it got to a point to where his yard ended up looking like this, and he didn't have any family to help him out. And so just about a dozen or 15 of us got together and were like, hey, we could probably do something here. We could probably make Mr. Glenn's story that he gets to tell better. And so we showed up and we served, and on the other side of it, his yard looked like this. But let me tell you the coolest part of this story. Because the coolest part of this story is that while we were serving, and while we were there, one of Glenn's neighbors from across the street comes over with his chainsaw and starts sawing down trees that are too big for us to cut with the kind of tools that we had. He could have done that at any point in time. But our, our willingness to serve, our willingness to extend hope when life hurts, gave his neighbor the only excuse that he needed to get involved himself. And then another neighbor that was on the side of his house came over and said, man, I'm so sorry that it looks like this. I wish we could have done more, but we got our own stuff going on. So here's $40 that we want to give to your church for the project. Do you see it? Do you see that how our willingness to love people in a very tangible way through service gives people the, the excuse that they needed to get involved themselves to see that they can actually make a difference themselves. And listen, I really do believe this, that one of the most important things and maybe one of the most beneficial things that you can do during this time to not like get sucked into just the, the suckiness of the circumstances. One of the best things that you can do is actually serve someone else. Get the attention off of yourself. I think it's what Paul said when he wrote to the church in Philippi. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Each of you not looking to your own interests, but looking to the interests of others. And I believe when you do that, <laughs> I believe when you do that, things around you will become a little bit brighter. And the story that you get to tell will become a little bit better. Maybe that's why Jesus said in Matthew 22 that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And then he says something that is profound. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Let me paraphrase. If you get this wrong, you get it all wrong. And so during this season, we want you to serve. We also need you to give us some um, 
some projects. If you know of people or projects that we could do together as a church, we need your recommendations. I'm going to be following up this sermon with an email with some of these next steps, whether you want to meet with Dr. Trent or whether you want to sign up for a service project or whether you want to recommend a service project that we could potentially do together as a church. I'm going to be following up this sermon with an email today with next steps. And so guys, when there's an opportunity in front of us to serve, let's do it together. The second thing, and it sounds kind of self-promoting, and so forgive me if this sounds a little bit petty, but I think it's more important than you think it is. I want you to share our content. During this season, we likely may not be gathering together for a while. We don't know yet, but we, li- we likely may not be gathering together for a while. And one of the number one ways that people can get connected to Trace, more importantly to Jesus, is by seeing our content online. And people are telling us every single week that they're finding our content online and how beneficial it is for their life. And so when you get on Facebook and you you see our sermon or you see our content, share it on your page or our YouTubes or uh, our YouTube videos or whatever it looks like. Just share our content because you'd be surprised how much hope it can bring in the midst of a time of hopelessness. And the last thing is this. I want you to sacrificially give. I want you to sacrificially give through this time. Coming up towards the end of this year, we're going to do what we call an end of the year offering. We're going to ask you to bring that specifically on Christmas Eve. And in this Christmas Eve offering, in this end of the year offering, we're going to fund those new ministries that I mentioned to you just a few moments ago. Because right now, I'll be honest with you, we don't have the funds to fund them. But I believe in this church. I really do. Every time I put a challenge in front of you guys, you've met it. And I think you see the value in us, in us starting these new ministries, like a men's ministry, a women's ministry, a stewardship ministry. And so I want you to sacrificially give so that we're ready to go. And when we get on the other side of this, when we actually finally get this tipping, to this tipping point, we all leverage our influence and we extend our invitations and we bring people into the doors. It's not about Trace. It's about who they get to meet when they come to Trace. And my hope is that we're removing every obstacle that we possibly can just to get them to Jesus because we say it all the time. He can do things that we could never do. But we believe one of those obstacles that's going to be eliminated is by getting them connected to men getting connected with other men and women getting connected to other women. And so my hope is that you'll see the value in that and you'll sacrificially give so that we can start these ministries off with plenty of resource. Let me close like this. Guys, I believe that Jesus, I believe Jesus wants to do something new. I really do. I believe that Jesus wants to seize this moment in time for the glory of God. I believe Jesus wants to seize this moment in time and he does not want us to miss this moment ourselves. I believe he wants to do something new in his church, in this church, and I really do believe he wants to do something new in your life. But what you do now, what we do now, will determine the story that we get to tell. And one day in the future, someone's gonna ask me, Aaron, how did Trace, like how did your church, how did it navigate the whole COVID crisis? Like how did your church respond to all of that? And I'm not certain, I'm not certain the story that I get to tell, I'll get to tell. But I can tell you the story I'd like to tell. It goes something like this. Oh man, they were incredible. Everyone jumped in and helped where they could. People were constantly asking, hey, how can we help? We put hundreds of these quarantine care kits together and our people were driving all around the city and dropping them off every time that they heard that there was someone in need, someone who was in the midst of struggle. And we saw so many people 
We saw so many of our people begin to share their faith and to sacrificially give. And it was because the way that we loved people during that season, we actually saw dozens of people come to faith in Jesus. And someone gave us a church building too, just in case I'm more prophetic than I think I thought I'd throw that in there. (laughs) Trace what we do now. What we do now will determine the story that we get to tell. So may we love and may we live in such a way that gives us a story worth telling. Let me pray. Father, help us to seize this moment. God, help us to see the opportunity in front of us through the obstacle. God, help us to be so incredibly available and interruptible for your Holy Spirit to prompt us to move in a direction, to see a person, to offer some some love, some care, a, a serving project, whatever it is. God, help us to seize this moment in time for the glory of the gospel. God, help us to be better together. Help us to come together so that when we're on the other side of this, that we get to tell a story. We're creating a story right now that we would love to tell. But what we do now, God, what we do now will determine what that story gets to be. God, would you show us the purpose that you have for us in this moment? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.